Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's American Horror Story After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424 424- 256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's American Horror Story After Show. Good evening, AfterBuzzers. We are here at the AfterBuzz TV studios doing things the way things always should be done with Bing. Hi, I'm your host for the evening, David Scafaletti. <laughs> I'm so weird, I know. Um, joined, uh, as always, to your left, to my left. To your left. Hey, what's up, guys? It's, it's, I'm, I'm very formal, that's right. Hello, yeah. I'm JC Rubio. How are you? And I am Stephen Lemieux. And we are here doing American Horror Story, Season 2, Episode 11, titled Spilt. Milk. <laughs> um, I love it. <laughs> did you really? Okay, general thoughts of the episode. Fantastic, fantastic episode. Okay. Absolutely loved, 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 loved the episode. And I actually did a little research on it because of who directed the episode. Okay, who did? And, and it was Alfonso Gomez Rejon. Okay. And why that name is important is because he actually, the previous episode he had um, directed was Anne Frank Part 2. Okay. And if you know, you go back and think of the, the episodes that really stuck out of my mind. The way that they're stylized? Yes, the way they were shot. I thought this show was, this episode was shot so well. Yeah. It had like this very cinematic feel to it. We're outside of Briarcliff. A lot more stuff is going on. I thought the story progressed more than it has in the first 10 weeks of this, of, of this season. Well, I mean, in this episode alone, we, it was almost a year time span right. that went by. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, a lot happened. Yeah. But even before you got to that, even before we got to, let's say, when she went to the to the police office, mm-hmm. you know, the, about five months had progressed, then the, yeah. then she had the baby. Sure, but even before that, you know, the scene with threats and just everything that happened, it just seemed a lot more clear-cut, not mm-hmm. circles, you know, maybe it's because we're down to fewer storylines. But there is a difference, and I absolutely applaud this episode. <clears throat> and... If you're a fan of the episode, if anyone else liked it like I did, good news, he's also directing the finale. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Good so th- those news. are my thoughts. The, good uh, thoughts. Speaking of that cinematically, it is, it is pretty cool because the, the camera angles and the way... The lenses that they use were really interesting, too. Well, it's more of just how, how, they li- how they have the camera askew at certain points as opposed to other episodes where it's like 
really, really too much, and this was just enough to throw you off. Um, this to really emphasize what I'm talking about. Look at the scene between Lana and Threadson in Threadson's apartment. Mm-hmm. Like, especially like when he says that line, "Because I'm insane." Like, it like does a zoom in. It, like, it was very well well put. Like, cinematically, it was well done. In, and more nods, more nods to Rejon. Um, if you know, notice the scene when um, Lana's trying to escape Briarcliff and they start doing the split screens. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, ju- I just read before we came into the studio the EW report with uh, Ryan Murphy. You know how we always talk to EW every week. And he said that Rejon actually has a lot of experience with Scorsese and De Palma. And the reason to note that is because that's, you know, from The Departed, they had those split screens when all the multiple angles of action. So you see that as well here in this episode. So just kudos. Absolutely loved it. And I mean, the chat rolls even going off. People are just saying Copperfield's talking to directing was superb. Some of the, those shots were unreal. So everyone is just in agreement. I think it was a fantastically done episode. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm with you guys. I thought cinematically it was it was beautifully done and. And Uh-oh. that aside... There's a butt coming. There is a butt. Um, I found a, a lot of the storylines a little disturbing. Okay. Personally. How so? <laughs> oh, do tell. Do tell. We've missed you here, <laughs> Skifalitti. <laughs> I've Come missed on. being here. Um, you know, the opening scene for me and that whole storyline with... Um, God, I why Johnny Dylan yes. McDermott? Well, yeah, Johnny. Thank you, Dylan McDermott. His um, that storyline with him and the and the prostitute and wanting to to suckle on a woman's breast who has given birth and drink breast milk and just like seeing it and just seeing his the look on his face, I found it extremely extremely disturbing. And I know that you guys might not feel the same, um, but personally, I've just found that. Shocking. Okay, do you, so would you regulate it more as shock value, or was it pertinent to the story, and it had to be shown? Um, you know, that... I don't know. No, the reason... I, I mean, I don't think it was put in there for shock value. I never, I never think that with Ryan Murphy, ever. Sure. That none of his stories are ever done necessarily entirely for just shock value. Um, I don't know. I just... <clears throat> please... The way I see it, the scene, looking at it from just an outside perspective, it's a little bit iffy with him going for the breast milk and everything. Mm-hmm. But honestly, compared to comparatively to everything else in the season, like it just didn't phase me at all. Like it, it was literally just a guy sitting down with a prostitute and suckling her tits. And that sounds terrible for me to say it, but think think of it this way. Okay, so Johnny hires a prostitute and suckles her tits. Okay, Threadson ties a girl to a bed, chains her up, puts her dead person, dead like lover in front of her, and then rapes her because of mommy issues. Who has bigger mommy issues, mm-hmm. and who has more disturbing mommy issues? Okay. Yes, I mean I agree. I agree with you there. I- I'm with you on that page. It's just like I, I guess it's just one of those things that. Because of what we're exposed to as a society this day and age, something like that isn't as shocking to see, as horrible as that sounds. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't that gruesome to me. Um, I thought the way he, he played it, I mean, of course, you always have that, uh, the awkward, like, what's going to happen now when he starts getting angry about it and things start happening like that. Because I didn't know whether he would just, like, pull out a knife, start killing her, or right. what he's going to do. I was expecting that as well. Yeah. I think we all were. Yeah. I think that because, you know, even um, 
Ryan had alluded that that first scene of this episode was going to be the most gruesome scene, you know, scene ever. Didn't really find it gruesome. I I, I found it off out, kilter, out of the box. You you would say, of course, you know. But uh, you know, I thought I definitely thought he was going to kill her in some unorthodox way, as there is a normal way to kill someone. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> but you know, imaginative uh, way possibly. Well, yeah. with, with that in mind, like with with thinking of like the gruesome thing, it kind of ruined the scene for me, probably because I mean I was watching it and I was instead of just like enjoying the scene or like enjoying what it is i was trying to expect something else to happen and i was kind of like disappointed when something else didn't happen as opposed to just watching the scene as it normally would be i honestly was expecting him to like bite down or something and like kill her after like biting off her you know what like i was expecting something really (laughs) really disgusting Maybe maybe y'all maybe you guys should be you know with Ryan here. You guys are trying to <laughs> sitting there writing with him. Oh, maybe he should bite her nipple off. <laughs> but you know what? I can't. You brought up a great fact when later on in that episode because I guess it's tied into the intro. Mm-hmm. How you loved how it was shot. How they went into the mirror. Right. I mean, back. they put the the Threadson and Lana scene and the Johnny and the prostitute scene back to back. I guess like three quarters halfway through mm-hmm. the the episode when they're both sort of. Threatson and Johnny are, I guess, mirroring each other, and they go through the mirror, mm-hmm. which I thought, I mean, just again, cinematically, is was really cool. I mean, because even if you watch the episode, you can see them in the mirror. Right. Um, which is cool. I don't know. You know, now, here's the, the weird thing is that, um, you know, everything happens to us, you know, the most impactful years of, of our lives are birth to five. Okay. So sure. with that, supposedly, you <laughs> Why know, not? most psychologists will say that. So he, you know, he's always on the, that thirst. He was on, he was thirsty for milk and whatnot, but Lana did feed him. Yeah. If, if that he, but here's the thing, because I don't necessarily think Johnny is uh Threatson and Lana's son. I don't think so either. I think, I think they, it might have been, might be Kit's son. Yes, I, th- I think they're leading, they've been leading us yeah. that way for a few episodes, but all along it just never, it seemed too neat for me, the connection. So I definitely, I, something's, something's going to Something happen. is up. I, I, I'm with you in that respect. I don't know if she's, and I guess we don't know if she's actually going to keep that child. Mm-hmm. We do see her at the end of the episode breastfeeding that baby. Yes. Um, but who the hell knows whose child that is? I mean, he might he might not even be related to Barcliff at all. Cause exactly. <laughs> honestly, looking looking at the character, I mean, he's just kind of like a crazy copycat murderer in a way. I mean, who, why would why would Lana's son go as an adult and research his father and then dive deeper into it as far as buying the apartment he used to live in and having the same furniture? Once again, I'll bring up Anne Frank. Oh. There you go. Yeah. And Anne Frank was the same thing. You know, that she wasn't Anne Frank. She was just someone who, who just copied everything that, you know, that Anne Frank, you know, had been through and mm-hmm. claimed she was Anne Frank. So it could be the same with Johnny. You know, yeah. I, and, and something I've noticed this whole season is it's, it's cyclical. You, it, everything repeats itself in this season. Everything. Every character has had so many opportunities to make the right choice. And more often than not, they haven't. All of them. Arden, Lana, and we, you're gonna, we're going to see, we'll get into it later in the episode. Mm-hmm. They, they always have this opportunity, and it just, but it keeps repeating itself. So I think in the context of what's going on here with, with Johnny, it's just a, repeating for the view, you know, a repeat for the viewer with Anne Frank. 
it's interesting. It's like psycho- psychosis, you know, it's over and over. Like uh, Dominique, you keep hearing it and mm-hmm. over and over. It still bothers me how easy they ripped off Adam Levine's arm. <laughs> <laughs> well, like looking, look. I mean, if you look at it like modern day, <laughs> to this point from the first episode. No, no, it bothers me to think of Dylan McDermott as modern day bloody face, right? And he obviously couldn't just rip off Adam Levine's arm like that. Right. So, I mean, there's got to be some sort of supernatural still in the present world that we're kind of forgetting about. I'm just like, I've given up trying to figure out what the hell's going on with this season. It's too difficult. I'm getting very, very confused. Well, now it might not be as difficult because my complaint last week was that they were just killing off everything so quickly. Well, yeah, I mean, everyone's dying. Everyone's (laughs) dead. And then... I was last week. I said there was the three pillars, which were Threadson, and then there was Eunice, and then there was uh, Arden, mm-hmm. which were the three interesting pillars of the show. Right. So I was like, okay, so the rest of the season is going to be Threadson. They're going to really dive into that. Oh, He's dead. Gone. Okay, so now the interesting pillars are the aliens, which I really had no interest in. Kind of meh to me, honestly. The whole alien storyline. I'm, I'm with not, you there. Not interested in. And then the only interesting thing left is Lana versus Briarcliff. What about, yeah, what about Which, Ju- Jude in, versus Monsignor? I mean, well, the Monsignor's turning into the... Because remember what I said? That everyone's had a chance to make the right decision. Arden, everyone. Monsignor, you thought he would have you know, changed his mind once he defeated the devil. And now he's back on his, uh, you know, his power trip. Oh, he's, he is. He's still, he's still... Now he is the evil guy. What, did you, what, did, what was he doing the first time you see him in this episode? I'll the, refresh my memory. The fir- the very first time you see the Monsignor in this episode, it's him taking a drag off a cigarette and putting it down. I mean, that right there is just like it's a it's a contrast between his his priesthood and how he's kind of becoming more and more like a normal person outside of the priesthood. He lost his virtue. Mm-hmm. He's smoking now, and he breaks under character to what Jude says in front of everyone, like. Jude says that this brings joy, like she's talking about the, the jukebox. Oh, this is, they're right about the jukebox. It brings joy back to the soul, and he unplugs it. I mean, he's, he's kind of going off the deep end from what Lana did to Briarcliff, and he's trying to figure out a way to still get to Rome in a situation where it's somewhat impossible. You know, and a lot of people brought up the fact, okay, if we're going into the Monsignor. Yeah, well, um, I mean, we might as well just jump right into this, to Jude and Monsignor. And yeah. Monsignor. Um, the thing with uh, the Monsignor is, I mean, we talked about it last week, that maybe that the devil would perhaps go inside of the Monsignor after he defeated Mary Eunice. But Ryan Murphy even said in the EW article that the demon is gone. Yeah. But in, the, in actuality, there's no need for the demon because of his, just how the Monsignor's ambition, the devil's within that. Right there. Yeah. So he, you know, he's the big baddie. And here's, we've been talking about this the last few weeks since mm-hmm. you've been gone, Dave. David. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. It's fine. No, um, they've been giving a lot of clues for the third season. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of clues. And there were more clues this week. And it's all related to the jukebox. And it's ba- basically every song that's being played in the jukebox, we're pretty sure is actually a foretelling of what season three is going to be about. So what was the one this time? I okay. didn't really pay attention. It was Lo- Love Potion number nine. Right. And Murphy talked about that it was going to deal with the supernatural, and also he wanted a big love story. That he definitely wanted- sounds like witch- witchcraft then. Love story. However, 
I was going through the, the, the threads and, you know, all the, the boards and stuff, and they said that they were playing songs from The Candyman. And from the movie The Candyman? From the African voodoo story, The Candyman. Okay. And they're talk- in, in this episode, they also talk about gypsies. You know, so gypsies, voodoo. They talk about gypsies? Yes, in the, in, the, in the jukebox, in the music, in the lyrics. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we reported last week that Jessica Lange was looking for houses in New Orleans. So it's, oh, yeah. Right. So maybe like a hoodoo voodoo. That's, that's exactly what it's going to be. I, th- I think you're, you're going you're gonna to see Jessica Lange as a gypsy. And it's going to be a whole voodoo culture and a lot of romance. And, and he also said it was going to be like glam horror. So, All right. Yeah, so that's... <laughs> I think it's I think it's a great departure from this season. I I love I like this I season. I do too. I'm just having like this season is not as linear as I would have liked it to be. Okay. Personally. All right, but now, so what uh, what you guys think about Lana and I mean Atlanta, Jude and the Monsignor like that exchange that they had at the Jukebox? I mean, I I I always love Jessica Lange. I think that that Jude as a character is a fantastic character. I love that she says, as a mad woman, she's more sane than she's ever been. Mm -hmm. Um, Favorite line. Great line. Um, I just, like, honestly, I don't find... I don't find the Monsignor that interesting. Mm -hmm. There's just something... I'm like, whatever, all right? It's another priest or whatever person in, in the deity who's fallen from grace who cares i mean i get it's the 60s but like i just like that story just doesn't interest me yeah what do you think what do you <laughs> I think just is don't Steven? care no i i completely you know agree what with i mean David. it's, it's like, like well it's just you just you look at where they are at with the sister jude monsignor story right now and you're yeah. just like i mean that's that's an okay end for me like jude had her fall from grace and now she's kind of screwed locked in that room and everything and yeah. saying the uh Saying what was it? The Saint Jude. The prayer for Saint, Saint Jude. Prayer yeah. for Saint Jude. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm just done with it. Like this. That I'm sort of over this season. I'm so <laughs> honestly, to be perfectly honest, like it. It hasn't really captivated my interest mm-hmm. that much. It was too ambitious. Um, and I I agree. I think they they tried to do too much. Too big and sco- too big and scope. Too side? little time. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I think next is next week our last episode. No, no, two we weeks. Have two more. We have two more. So, um, so there's still stuff that's gonna happen. There is still a lot of stuff that can happen. But I mean, with the time jump that already that has happened in this one episode, I'm about I'm about to cook your cook your noodle even more right now because supposedly we're still gonna go into 1981, 82. So we got 60. We have two more episodes. We got okay. 60, <laughs> we've done 64, 65, 81, and present day. So we got a lot of stuff going on. It's I think I felt this episode felt um, like the end of the seri- end of the season though. It did. I thought I was like, all right, it's over. I mean, what else is going to happen? Everybody's dead. She's given birth. I mean, what else could happen? It's oh, like I'm. Uh, it's like I'm not looking forward to anything anymore. That's the problem. There's nothing to look forward to. Have you? Okay, we we said this early on, guys. What if it's? What if this is all being told by the eyes of just one person? Remember, remember this theme is mental health. Right. And let's say it's I. I'm I'm thinking the theory of it could be Lana. Lana could be suffering from schizophrenia. She's you know going through these episodes. Okay, well let's go into Lana since you're bringing her up. Sure. Uh, you're saying that she could be schizophrenic. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Abs- what, just because she's a lesbian, she has to be schizophrenic. No. Too. no I'm just kidding. Wow, that was Stephen Lemieux. And, <laughs> um, the views I expressed here in her. <laughs> do not think that she's schizophrenic. I think yeah. she is. Um, just as ambitious as the Monsignor Absolutely. is. And I think that is her her ethos or whatever, her pathos, whatever you want to call it. Um, 
I mean, she says it in this episode. Yes. Uh, her own. She says it, w- it was the story, and I was going to do anything I could to get it. And by judging by the previews of next week, it looks like she fell back. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. It's cyclical. We, we, it if- is. But, I mean, if, if the whole thing of this season was the, the whatever, what, what am I trying to say? If the Over- evildoer of this season was ambition mm-hmm. and pride or whatever you want to call it, I think that that is a complete cop-out. Hmm. <clears throat> Why? Because then it's not necessarily a horror story. But it's the horror created within one's own self, our own mind. I mean, what, if, what if Dylan McDermott is just the mind and the asylum is his brain and everyone inside has a different personality? Okay, that's just weird. I mean, I mean there so have many, been stories like that yeah, before. There's so many things that, that like, we're not going to know until we know. Right. That's the that's the problem because everything we everything we think it's going to be, it's not. It's exactly. probably not going to be exactly. And here's another. Even the aliens. Yeah. Okay, and that's great. Okay, no one's ever brought this up. The translation of Alma's name is Soul. Right. So I'm trying to what what is okay? There's Grace and then there's Soul. What is you know what? And supposedly Kit is the hero. They, and it's been said again that again Kit, again that uh, Kit the is the big hero in this. And if you look at every single character this season, the only ones that have really been with motives outside of their own for the most part have been Kit mm-hmm. and even Jude. Everyone else has been driven by their own hidden agenda. I mean, even Jude, but I mean, Jude, Jude has had an agenda from the beginning. But it's, but it's serving God. Okay. All, all right. Hers is always outside of herself. Right. And everyone else was for their own selfishness. Eunice was just for calamity. <laughs> All right. I miss Eunice. <laughs> I miss her too. Dude, every, everyone on the, even the chat role, everyone's kidding. Is it possible to be disappointed and confused at the same time by a show? Yes. Like, yes, every, completely. Yes, it is. Apparently, it's very possible. It's very possible. I am disappointed and confused all at once. And that was by Power Down Player One. And I think that's you guys. I'm with Copperfield. I think we're just judging too early. I'm tellin- we have two episodes left. I'm telling you. But the way they move this episode along, a lot of stuff happened in this episode. It just, it, it, a lot of things were answered. It just moved the story forward. Yeah, I can only imagine these this, two episodes. Yeah, but this, this whole season has no pace. Right. It has no pacing for the story. Your mind can't comprehend anything that's going on because... You start out slow, then it speeds up for two episodes. You, like, have the moments where, like, that was great. That was bad. That was great. That was bad. And then you're like, wait, what the hell just happened? Like, I don't even understand what's going on anymore. This looks cool. I like seeing the characters do these things. But the story makes no sense at all. So do you think they should have maybe taken out, like, four episodes, perhaps? No, they should have. There's too much that they tried to condense into one season. There's too many different storylines. I think they should have focused a little bit more. Mm-hmm. The writing is a cluster. Yes. Yes. It's like honestly fill in the blank. <laughs> oh, and people watching this live they're like don't don't talk too much guys. It's buffering. We want to keep watching you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of talking too much, do us all here a favor at AfterBuzz and at our tiny little show here and go to iTunes, subscribe, rate, comment. Um, we love hearing from you guys. We love knowing what you know. I don't know what that means. No. <laughs> um, tell a friend, tell your mother, tell your sister. Nice. Tell and, your teachers. And if you, can't, if you don't want to listen to us and you want to see our pretty faces because these guys are rather striking, just watch us on YouTube the next day.
Oh, and you got to see JC's yeah. beard. It's my ode to bloody face. I'm the Latin bloody face. You got to audition for Brawny. You're going to be the new lumberjack for Brawny. Thank you, man. Yeah. All right, off. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along. Moving right along. Yeah, okay. Yes. All right. So uh, what about Threatson and Lana, that whole exchange, the end of Threatson, who we thought was the big heavy? He's oh, gone. Man. I mean... It's such a sad way to end that storyline. And a cheesy, cheesy little blood splatter on the camera. Yeah. I that mean, was one was thing just... I, I couldn't stand. When they splattered on the camera, I was like, uh... I thought that was such a weak way to end that story. Okay, here's the thing. In a way, it was... And could have been much more powerful. Excuse me as I spit everywhere. Um, it could I think much... I'm on, on the side on this side by myself. Um, <laughs> it, it would have been much more powerful had that been the season finale. Had she shot him in the head and that was the end of the season, whatever. So that but only, knowing that we have two more episodes and he's dead, I mean, it's just sort of like... That only tells us that there's a greater evil out there, I think. But is there? That's what we'll find out next week. I'm tell- it, it was the perfect end for Threadson. Because here, Threadson didn't even have a reason to live anymore. Because his big... Okay, for him, the biggest thing was not death. Is not to ha- for him. The biggest thing was having a child without parents again, like what he was. Okay, through. yeah. And so, since he thought that Lana was going to abort the child mm-hmm. or give it up, or give no, I think I think no, he would have stayed. He would have because he was under the impression that she was just going to terminate the, the child. That's what I, I believe. I got the impression that he thought she was just going to give it up. Because, I mean, abortion, even in the 60s, was not really... I mean, clearly, the way that she went to go have her abortion, it was still kind of d- under illegal, the table. under the table. This woman was a doctor, but mm-hmm. she was, like, smuggling things out of the hospital. Right, yeah. Um, and they were probably doing it in a motel room. Um, I don't think that that would have crossed his mind. Are you ser- think about it. No, for, he, he thought that she was going to abort it. Do you think? Because yeah, I don't know. the only fate worse than death for him would be having a son that has to go through his own, what he went through. That's what made him who he was. Right. He never got that love. And for a, 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 his offspring to possibly have the same fate as he, that's why he defended that. So when he found out that she was going to, my theory, that she was going to abort the child, well, there's no need for her or him. So mm. he was done. Kind of like Arden, when well, Arden, Arden left us. Well, that's what he says is his final line is, well, if that's how you're going to do it anyway, I'll, I guess you'll be, it'd be good to be known as my last victim. And that's when she shoots right. him. Because he was going to pull the gun out. And shoot her. Yeah. Right. I just still, I felt like, I don't know. There could have been more to that. We're going to bring, I'm going to bring you in, it just, I'm bringing you in. It just didn't, no, make, it didn't make sense to me for Lana to, to do that. To, to be at his apartment. Ap- no, just to be at his apartment with the gun. Like, honestly... The- right, she escapes and then goes to his apartment. Yeah, like, she's the cops are going to be here any minute, so you're just going to go to his apartment and sit there and wait for him to have another chance to get you and to tie you up and do what you did to him again? Like, the last place she would be, I think, is anywhere near him. I thought... Yeah, I agree. But... If you think about it, she is a reporter. She's writing a book. She's looking to expose Briarcliff is her ultimate goal, as as we know of right now. But she's a reporter. She's looking for fame. She needs the end to a, to her story. And as we look at we look at the previews, which of course she, I thought your goal was to close down Briarcliff. Right. Well, my goal's changed. Now Lana is becoming the greater evil in a way. Right. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's. It's just role reversal for every character in the show. Yeah. Except Kit has not really had too much role reversal. Well, I Except mean... Except now he's like the uh, 
now he's like the polygamist double daddy. <laughs> well, I mean, we saw in this episode Kit has a baby boy with Grace. Um, and he is released from Briarcliff mm-hmm. after Threadson is exposed and murdered. Um, and he's sort of, he negotiates Grace's release as well. Which, hmm, you know, okay, I, I, I think, speak, speak I think, the truth. I think it's interesting to see that scene that he had with the Monsignor was uh-huh. great. I, I, you know, the whole season we've been like, oh, Kit's like an afterthought. Kit's an afterthought. We really haven't put much mind in it. But you see him coming up and you see like, like Grace even said that there's a special reason for Kit. And for their son, mm-hmm. that their their son is I, f- I forget the actual quote, but that he was going to be something great, right? So I'm wondering what does that all mean? That's stuff we're going to find out in the next two episodes. So I see all this stuff with Kit. So what what is Kit supposed to be? What is Kit? Is he like this Christ like figure? What is he? Why are the aliens so interested in him? Why is Grace telling him this? And and she says uh, she saw Alma when she was with the aliens, and that their only connection was him, right? And no, and and in the beginning of the episode. She made a, She alluded to the fact that Alma didn't make it. Right. So then, so what's what's Grace's agenda? Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think Grace could. Remember, Grace could still be the psycho whack job that off her family. Even though you know, early on, that's that's what was said. I was mm-hmm. thinking that when when she was carrying the baby, walking in the house, I was like, what if she just kills Kit? Like, what if she just pulls out an axe and kills everyone? <laughs> like, I mean, I like because they're playing the nice music. Everything's so happy. Everything's happy. I'm like. Feels like she's about to kill someone. A little too hygienic, you know, like that. Like their story yeah. when they got out of the car, it was very, you know, happy. Yes. Happy go lucky, not American horror story. Somebody's gonna die in the next five minutes is what it felt like. The house is a shambles, and mm-hmm. yet Alma's there. What's With the, a baby. What's the deal? The same age as. See, that's like, there's so many holes in this story, I feel like. Alma's been gone for longer than Grace was, right? Correct. Grace had a baby, and she said that while she was there, Time moved differently. Absolutely. And she felt like a hundred years went by. And so she has this baby. When they find Alma, Alma has a baby the same age, it looks like, newborn-ish child as Grace's. Well, it looked like, well, when they showed the uh, aliens um, they and they showed put, everything, they put like a fully grown baby in is what it looked like. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're right. No, because I was trying to figure that out myself. I'm like, That's so awesome. so did, you know, like, did Kit, of course, and ins- you know, inseminate the babies and did they pull out the egg, examine the egg, let it grow a little and put it back in? What'd they do? That's, That's what, what I'm saying. It, like, yeah. who's who actually is the father of these babies? Is oh, it I'm the sure. aliens or is it actually Kit? Well, I thought they just pulled it maybe to examine, you know, because Kit Oh, is... take the babies out and put them back in? Yeah, oh, to okay. examine the egg and what, I mean, just... Human life, because remember, we're just a big experiment according to these so-called aliens, Ugh, and that's according aliens. to Pepper. Who's and Ugh. what happened to Pepper? You know, we all know Pepper came back extremely brilliant, and she was just like she she Very eloquent. Yeah, she, yeah. <laughs> out, of, out of all the storylines of this show, I, I've hated the alien one the most. As have I, and it's the one that's sticking around the longest. It's going to be the biggest payoff. I'm t- it's 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 gonna tie everything together, and I I really hope it does. Like I really hope that I have a feeling. That like from what what we're saying here, like I know that we're kind of talking trash a tiny bit, and you know I don't want to be the one to talk trash. I do like the show, and I do like the actors in it. Of course, I love the actors, but it's just really like it has not fit together how a story should at all, 
And in 11 episodes, at least some things should fit together, and they're still not. I agree. There should be some sort of arc. A semblance of a puzzle being put together. Right. And the, the payoff should be that final piece that puts everything together. But it looks like, the pay, it looks like we're getting an outline, and then on the finale, they're going to have to basically put... Like, if, if we have an outline of a thousand-piece puzzle... We have 200 pieces as the outline. It looks like the finale is going to be putting 800 pieces in there. Thank like you. it's just going to be like like all this information that we couldn't have known beforehand. There was no way in hell we could have put it together beforehand, and it's going to throw it together. And you're going to be like, oh, so this feels like a show that just got canceled, and they're just putting everything together in the last episode. Right. That's what I, that's what I'm afraid of. Mm-hmm. I really hope that they're just brilliant, and they can make me just have my mind explode at the final two episodes i'm really really hoping <laughs> i mean it's possible i mean with the, with last season um i know that towards the f- towards the finale um it, it was released that if you go back and watch all the episodes you could see all the clues as to who was dead and who was alive and like what was going on and everything like that so i mean hopefully it will be the same i do have some theories about the aliens myself um, that we can discuss in a minute um, but I don't think it's going there yeah I want to know unfortunately <laughs> I'm excited I want to know now <laughs> um, it's just like you know I, I'm with you Stephen I, I love the actors I think the, they've given brilliant performances throughout the entire season um, I just don't think that I feel like even though the actors, they're giving great performances, you can still see it, and then they, they, they don't even know what the hell is going on. Right, and I think, I don't think that they do. I think from episode to episode, they don't have any idea what is going on, but I think that is Ryan Murphy's yeah. point. <laughs> so I don't know. I can't really. So, for everyone who doesn't know what happened in the episode, you know, Lana gets out of Briarcliff. Yes. We have uh, Mother Superior follows Jude's lucid like moment of lucidness and gets uh gets Lana out of Briarcliff by putting a taxi outside and gets her dressed in different clothes. Uh gives her time to say goodbye to Jude of course and say that she'll get out of there. And then we have that interesting scene on the stairs when she's coming down and Threadson's kit uses Threadson grabs him trying to get him his face away from Lana. She gets out to the taxi and then Threadson starts walking out suspecting something and it shows Lana in the taxi put the tape up to the window, flip him off. Great moment. Great, a, you great can scene. use it. It's a quote. See? Yeah, it's a quote. It's, it's a, a quote. quote. <laughs> uh, Visual quote. Great Beautiful. movie. Great moment. And then we see, it's kind of an interesting um, overlooked scene is uh, when they're in the, is it a mortuary or the, where is it? Where she's ta- talking where the to ashes Wendy? Are. Yeah, no. The, mos- no. the mausoleum? The mausoleum. The yeah. mausoleum. Where she's talking to her two friends that knew Wendy and her one friend is kind of like, talking about how they didn't find any pieces of her like when she's like looking at it's right. like terrible timing on that and then but there was the other they threw that interesting thing and like yeah people don't suspect I'm a lesbian yet I need to get out of there they have the the press is going after Lana now mm-hmm. so Lana to get her big story goes into Briarcliff and now she is the big story around Briarcliff right and that's why I feel like ambition has been our biggest biggest theme theme throughout mm-hmm. the whole season I, I and it. has been almost everybody's downfall. Yeah, so it's looking like it's going to be Lana's downfall with Dylan McDermott in the present time right. from the previews we've seen. Yeah. All right, well then... I don't know. <laughs> I 
I'm, I'm, I'm the contrary one today. I'm thinking, I think it's Lana's going to save the day at the very end as well. She and Kit, I think she's going to come back and save Jude. All right, well, let's jump into predictions Oops. then. Sorry. No news? I don't really have any. Yeah. And I kind of, I think we threw it out throughout the episode. Yeah. All right. Prediction. Go ahead. Tell, tell us what you're thinking. I think that, you know, like next week it showed, and, and they've done this throughout the whole season, where the promos, they show scenes that they actually never play in the next episode. Right. They never, and you, you never it's see like them again. It's like development. You know, they just kind of lead you astray. And sure, I think Lana's going to be lost a little bit, but remember, I told you, everyone, everyone has a chance to make the right choice. Uh-huh. And I think right now she, ambition gets to her, but I think in the end she's going to make the right choice, and she's going to go. She's going to get Jude out of Briarcliff. <laughs> Somehow, I think she's getting Lana. Out, it's going to tie everything. She's getting okay. She's getting Lana out of Briarcliff, and she is Lana. I'm sorry. She's going to get Jude. I'm sorry. Yes. Forgive me. Lana's going to get Jude out of Briarcliff. Uh-huh. And um, let's see. Any other predictions that I have as of now? That's it. That's all I can. That's all I foresee in my my After Buzz Yellow Cup. Okay. All right. All right. What do you think? If you want my predictions, read my book. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) What's the title of your book? Yeah, what is... Predictions by Stephen Lemieux. No, you know what is it? I think it was Maniac. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Oh, I thought the title of... Oh, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Um, I think that... I think we're going to see Monsignor do some pretty evil shit in the next episode. Okay. As far as maybe even killing somebody. Hmm. Um, I think it'd be interesting to... Oh, no, that wouldn't happen. I was going to say maybe Jude's baby is Dylan McDermott in the future. If Jude has a baby with the Monsignor or something. Like, I don't know. Oh. Yeah, like something, a weird twist like that. Uh, Still, I'm, I'm... Jude's too old to have a baby. No. Yeah, but when aliens are involved. That's true. When aliens are involved. <laughs> they'll, just, they'll just have a threesome with Kit, and then the aliens will be involved. Oh, okay. And, and then, then all, all bets are off, you know? All bets are off. I mean, that's the way the writing's been going so far. Honestly, that could happen. Anything could happen. Seriously. Anything could happen. I, I, I'm not even going to make a prediction. Like, it's not even, there's no point to it. All of this is happening inside of either Lana's mind or Jude's mind. Nope. Okay. Definitely disagree with you there. I'm going to have to disagree with you as well. Cool. Um, you're like, meh, whatever. This is all inside the mind of the armless Adam Levine laying on the floor in the first episode. Who? You know, it, it <laughs> might as well be. It might as well be in the mind of Channing Tatum's wife, who I can never remember her name. Jenna Dwan. Thank you. Because um, she's so forgettable. <gasps> Sorry, Jenna. Oh, um, and she's having a baby. She's Method. Jenna Dwan Tatum. Is she? Yeah, she's having a baby in real life. Good See? for her. Congratulations. News and gossip. There you um, go. It could be in her mind, for all we know. Right, and here's the thing. You know, I think the room she that could be the crazy Jude is one. in, yeah. I think that's the room where Adam Levine's arm was torn off. That's what it looked like. Sure, I don't remember. <laughs> it's been so long <laughs> since that episode. Um, it has been. All right, all right, David. Okay, so my theory behind the aliens is that it's not actually aliens and that it's because it's the 60s, it's the way that their minds are processing something that's actually happening to them in, like, a doctor's office. Hmm, hmm. Um, I agree with you with the aliens. Not being actual aliens? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think that they actually are. Um, Any, anything else? And So the demons weren't actually demons. The angel's not actually an angel. Aliens weren't actually aliens. 
Ryan Murphy said it at the beginning of the season that what the mind thinks of can be much a greater horror than what we actually see. what it actually is. Yeah, yeah, I mean... That's what I'm saying. It's in the mind. It's all in the mind. Just I saying. Mean, I guess it could all be taking place in someone's head, but I guess... Or it could all just... It would have to be a character that we haven't met yet. Yes, I'm pulling you in, David. No, you're not. Damn it. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> all right, so I guess that's I think it. that's it. That's yeah. it. So where can they find you, David? Come on. They can find me um, at You Can Call Me Skiff on Twitter. What about you, Stephen? <laughs> Stephen, where can they find you? I didn't know where to go. Anything you got going Sorry. on outside of AfterBuzz? Uh, they can find you at The Everyday Man. Right on. And what about Marissa? Where can they find you? <laughs> we forgot to mention Marissa running the ones and twos. Hello. You can find me at Serafini TV. Mm, mm. Nice. Nice. That's it, guys. So I guess we'll see you next week. We will see you next week. Yeah, and you can find me on the Archer After Show starting January 17th. Oh, nice. Oh, look at that. Round of applause. Grill me a cheese. (laughs) Have a good night, everybody. We'll see you next week. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.